You're about to listen to a segment of Sam Chan's Succession Transition event, which was hosted in late 2020. Sam organized this event to give leaders from around the world the chance to share their stories of effectively planning and transitioning their pastoral roles to a successor. Every pastor is a temporary. Are you prepared for your succession transition? Let's begin. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you and Dr. Chan for this opportunity and for this gathering. I've been so blessed by all of the presenters and it's an incredible honor uh, just to share a few thoughts on uh, reflections on our journey. Uh, as, as, Bishop Omer, as Bishop Omer mentioned, uh, I followed our, our founding pastor, Dr. D.K. Bailey, who had been there close to 30 years. And I just want to share just a couple of lessons that I've learned from him and that we've learned in terms of preparing for succession. So I think one of the best things we've learned is kind of what today is all about, which is that succession starts the day we arrive. You know, um, it's been said on a number of occasions that all of us are interim pastors. And so I think one of the things I've had to learn is just really recognizing that I got to be thinking about succession. My predecessor learned succession from his godfather who pastored a church, St. John in um, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And he watched his godfather transition and do succession in those in, two, in the church there that really became his model. So when my, when my when our founding pastor came into our church, he was thinking about succession from day one, and uh, he was talking about it. He was using it in his sermons. And so I'm learning more and more the importance of making it a part of uh, our plan from day one. The other thing about preparing is to study models. I mean, I think this is what this is all about. We learn from each other. So good models and bad models, I think it's incredibly important that we are constantly trying to learn, ask questions. When we see it happening in our cities or in our communities, it's so important to learn from other models. The other thing I would say is that succession ought to be a part of the church culture. Uh, in our church, all leadership roles have a two-year term limit. So who's ever over the deacons or whoever might be over another area, they all have two-year term limits. The goal behind that was that it would create succession throughout the life of the church. Even our governing board members or our elder board, they have four-year term limits. They can serve up to two. What that has done over these years in the life of our church is created succession throughout the life of the church. If I had the same board today that I had when I came in, 16, 17 years ago, it would be very, very challenging for me. But by my predecessor putting these term limits in throughout the life of the church, uh, it has given new life to the church and it's allowed the church to continue to develop new leaders uh, and, and allowed the church to stay fresh. And when I had a bad leader in place, I just had to wait one year and now I can make it. And so, and so, so it, it, it was these kinds of principles that helped me immensely. The other thing was just preparing the church for succession. I think it's important to teach on it and talk about it in, in sermons or in series. I think I think the, what I learned from my predecessor and in my own journey is by talking about it, it helps the church, it helps my leaders, it helps my family to all understand that succession is is a is is what success looks like. You know that that is not just built on me or built on my uh, my predecessor, but it's built on. Uh, on what God wants to do long-term 
in the life of our church. The other thing about preparation that we've had to learn is to prepare your wife and family for succession. I mean, these are conversations that we've got to have with our with our spouses. We've had to navigate through that in so many ways. Do, do you stay or do you leave? Uh, what does it look like for family members? Do you stay through the installation? Then leave? I mean, it's so many dynamics and each each situation is different but it's so crucial that the pastor helps his wife and his family to ensure that their identity is not wrapped up in the church. You know what I mean? It, it can happen so easily. It can't, it doesn't just impact the pastor. It impacts the wife and family. And so trying to find healthy ways to help the wife and the family begin thinking through what does my role look like when this is over for our scenario, the, our pastor passed away. The founding, uh, his wife is a, is a faithful member of our church. Of course, we take care of her and compensate her and it's worked, but every scenario is different. Okay. Every scenario is different. Matter of fact, with my founding spouse, I ended up giving her a role on our staff as an advisor. And so I would meet with her once a month. I would talk to her. I would ask questions of her and every scenario is different, but you've got to be prepared to, to have these kind of conversations and to begin to talk through these, these, these dynamics. We've already talked about preparing financially. We've talked about that extensively. And then we've talked about this whole reality of preparing yourself for your next season. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm looking at what is my next season going to look like, but my predecessor did the same. He had already created a ministry, created a space so that he could step over in that space and begin to find fulfillment in that area uh, so that he would not have to be consumed with the life of the church and allow that to be his identity. But instead, he began to ask himself those questions and work through that. And I'm doing the same thing as I think about I'm in a kind of the midpoint of my ministry and I'm thinking about, okay, God, what's next? And so I think that's important. The last thing that I would say uh, is that one of the things I think our church had to do was to shift from a personality-driven church to a purpose-driven church. You know, uh, when you are the founder, we discovered that the founder carries so much influence. Bishop Bonner said it. The founder sometimes has so many gifts, it's almost unfair. I mean, they they have, they they are the marketer, they are the preacher, they have the financial, they, they've had so many gifts. So the shift had to happen in our church where it became more team-driven, where it became more purpose-driven, where the church had to build a team, build a strategy, build a, a vision that wasn't so driven by the personality of the pastor. And so that was the other shift we had to make. We had to shift it in terms of how we staffed, the key roles on staff, how we budgeted, how we strategize, how we plan. Those were just some of the things that we had to navigate through in terms of how to prepare. And that's just, just a few things to think about as we continue preparing. I uh, just wanted to offer those and I hope those are, are helpful as we continue to walk through this process again. Thank you again for the time.